Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I would like to present to you the world champion of the world podcast. It's your man qualified, a.k.a. the Black Ric Flair, a.k.a. the Black American Dream, a.k.a. the most over mid-card talent on the west side of Oahu. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Thanks for... Still rocking with me. Uh, Okay, so we're just going to jump right into it. First off, we're going to start with Raw. Uh, Last week, or this week, this past week, this past Raw. (laughs) Uh, The the last time Raw was on, okay? Uh, So the show starts off. Roman Reigns is out first. Uh, Big boos from the crowd. Uh, the cheers pick up once he's actually on the stage. Uh, mixed noise once he holds up the belt. Uh, and then they show a recap of the Hell in a Cell main event. Um, Rain says that Hell in a Cell was rough. It was brutal. And it didn't go according to plan. But he's still the champion. Uh, Roman says that he... Uh, he knew Brock had a rematch, uh, but he didn't think he'd kick in the Hell in a Cell door and attack him uh, when he was down and out. Uh, so he says he's standing now, and he calls out Brock. Uh, and instead of Brock, he gets Braun Strowman. Uh, so Braun Strowman faces off with Roman in the ring, and he tells Roman that he should be thankful that Brock showed up when he did. Otherwise, Roman would not still be the Universal Champion. Uh, so I guess this isn't. Uh, so so I'm guessing that this makes uh, this another failed cash in of the Money in the Bank briefcase. Uh, the last two men winners uh, actually didn't win the title. Uh, so the men's case is starting to not quite look like the uh, the guaranteed title win that it once was um i don't know if this is by design or uh if they just kind of didn't realize this and just don't really care um i think the briefcase is a great opportunity Uh, i mean we all know this that the briefcase is a great opportunity to raise up a mid-card talent uh and really have them kind of break out into the next level uh, it could have been that for Corbin last year, but rumor is that he ran into some backstage heat, and that's why uh, his cash-in went with that. Um, Corbin has kind of bounced back, this whole Constable Corbin thing. Some people don't like it. I personally uh, I personally do like it. Um, I think he's doing great in the role. It's keeping him on television it's really working uh for him but uh i wouldn't mind a return back to uh the ruthless baron corbin who was like beating up kalisto and throwing him in trash cans that was cool too um let's see here uh oh yeah uh but you know this whole this whole trend of and braun's gonna be okay too uh, with this failed cash-in, but this whole trend of failed cash-ins, I don't think that's something that they, uh, should keep going with. Damian Sandow, um, 
that failed cash in kind of sort of did in his whole uh his whole shot at the main event in WWE uh, a few years later he was out of the company completely um let's see here uh so Braun back to Braun Strowman and Roman on on Raw uh Strowman says that Brock screwed him out of the title twice already uh, so he's going to take him out, and then he's going to take out Roman. Uh, Corbin comes down to the ring, and he tells them both to calm down because they aren't going to do this right now. Uh, Corbin says that last night was his per- was his first uh, pay-per-view as the general manager. Uh, and he's been on the phone with Steph all morning and afternoon uh, trying to figure things out. He says November 2nd, WWE is hat- headed back to Saudi Arabia and Roman is going to defend the title in a triple threat match at the event Crown Jewel. Um, this is also the event where they're rumored to do the World Cup. Uh, not quite entirely sure what uh, the World Cup is. There's rumors that there's going to be matches with people from other promotions but i honestly don't know how that's gonna work or maybe like some sort of battle royal with appearances from people other uh with appearances from people from other promotions but i don't i really don't know who's gonna show up that they would bring to saudi arabia so we'll see um braun says that the idea sucks uh braun says that corbin sucks uh roman sucks the crowd sucks and this situation sucks uh and then he walks out of the ring because this sucks right uh then all of a sudden we hear my name is paul Heyman," uh and he comes out and has uh, some stagehands carry the Hell in a Cell door that Brock Lesnar kicked in. Nice touch. Uh, Heyman is here to teach us Brockonomics. Uh, Heyman says that the more powerful he gets in WWE, the more money he can make in UFC. And the more powerful he is in the UFC, then the more money he can make in the WWE. That's even more powerful than being the universal champion. Uh, Heyman says that under Brock's reign, they got the new TV deal and millions. And he says that WWE became publicly traded as well. Uh, Money was being made until Roman and Braun uh, teamed up to steal the belt. Uh, Heyman says Lesnar is the crown jewel of the WWE. Uh, Braun's heard enough, so he starts up the ramp towards Heyman. Heyman gets the hell out of Dodge. Uh, Corbin was gonna talk, and then Roman... Uh, so so that's Heyman and, and, and Braun exit the scene, right? Uh, Corbin was gonna talk, but then Roman snatches the mic from him. Uh, so... Corbin snatches the mic right back uh, before Roman can talk. Uh, Corbin says he doesn't know what Roman is doing, uh, but him being the GM 
gives him access to the injury report. He knows that Roman is hurt. He's not the big dog now. He's more like a hurt puppy. Uh, So Reigns is going to have to defend his title tonight against Corbin. Uh, So right there at that moment, I don't know if you guys remember last week's episode, uh, I was predicting for Angle to come back uh, for his job. So at that moment, seeing how uh, Corbin is really starting to abuse his power, it makes me think, is that happening? Is that in the works? Uh, Is a grand return for um, Kurt Angle to to remove Corbin out of power? Is that something that we can see um, being a consequence of of Survivor Series, uh, Team Shield, and, you know, two other baby faces versus Corbin and the dogs of war and another heel. Uh, It's worth keeping an eye on. I think that's something that they could be building towards. Uh, Next up is going to be Drew McIntyre versus Dean Ambrose. Uh, So back from break, the crowd goes absolutely nuts for Ambrose. Um... At one point, I felt like Ambrose was crazy over. I felt like he had, like, next stone cold uh, type potential. And then they screwed him up with uh, that. The first thing, I think they just put him in a really bad position uh, with that that sit-down interview with Stone Cold. Uh, Could have been, I mean, I don't know. He probably could have handled that a little bit better. Uh, seemed like he pissed Stone Cold off. It was just, uh, it wasn't. It just wasn't a good situation uh, for him, I felt, especially while he's champ. It just just wasn't wasn't that good. Um, and then beyond that, you know, just kind of silly booking and then just kind of taking that lunatic fringe character and just making him more like jokey lunatic than edgy lunatic. Uh, let's see here. They made him look like a, ca- a clown in that feud with AJ Styles um you know the the stuff with Ellsworth involved and all that um that that just wasn't that good um but uh his time off with the injury uh kind of acts like a saving grace that and coming back like super jacked uh he's like an entirely different superstar now so it's so it works uh, Drew and Dean, they had a real physical match. Uh, Dean's smash mouth style is just so much more believable now that he's that he's jacked, that he's a beast. Uh, Drew McIntyre is a beast as well. Uh, he's so much better now than his first run. Uh, much better look, pause. Um, dude is a future world champ. There's no way around it. It just has to happen. Um... It's cool uh, hearing Renee also on commentary call Dean's matches. Uh, This match, Drew wins. Uh, The finish comes after Dean crashes and burns on like a double axe handle to the outside. Uh, Dean makes it back into the ring at nine, uh, but Drew hits the Claymore for a three count. So it was a really good TV match, really physical. 
Uh, would love to see these two in a solo feud. Let them have a no DQ match. Uh, put these guys in an old school street fight where both of them show up in like jeans and boots. Uh, pause. And then just let these two loose. Pause. <laughs> Guaranteed that's going to get over. Uh, back from break. Backstage. Dolph is checking on Drew. Uh, and then he congratulates him. Corbin comes up and also offers congratulations he says one down and two to go uh so this is also just kind of lending to my idea corbin dogs of war somebody else versus the shield uh and possibly balor and someone else uh maybe kurt angle uh versus uh you know just those teams matching up um Back from break, uh, you know, Corbin is telling him, you know, one down, two to go. Uh, he says that the shield isn't looking so hot right now. Uh, he says that Drew beat Dean and he's going to beat Roman because he deserves it. Um, Roman deserves it. And uh, because he, Corbin, can. Uh, and because the universal title deserves better. Uh, so he asked Ziggler if he heard right about, uh, he's like, hey, did I hear right about you using your uh, rematch clause tonight? And Ziggler's like, uh, no way, man. I fell off the hell in a cell. Uh, Corbin says he heard that Seth Rollins is messed up too and that he's not even at the arena. Uh, so he says if Rollins can't go, then he's going to be forced to strip him of the title and award it to Ziggler. Uh, and then there's no need for a match. So Ziggler kind of likes that idea, and he tells uh, he tells Baron Corbin, you know what, go ahead and book it. Uh, so Corbin tells a random stagehand how great of a GM he is. Uh, this is after they walk away. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm a really great GM. Uh, two titles are going to switch hands tonight. Uh, so, of course, we know when the heel uh, is guaranteeing that the title is going to switch hands. It is not. Um, let's see here. So, they show a recap, or well, a photo recap of Ronda Rousey's win. And then they take us backstage to the locker room. Uh, Natty is talking to the Bellas. Uh, Ronda shows up. The Bellas talk about how well Ronda did last night. Uh, Nikki says that Brie could learn from Ronda. Uh, Ronda asks, um, how do championship open challenges work? Uh, does she ask Corbin? Uh, does she text Stephanie? Uh, Nikki was about to explain what she did as Divas champ, uh, but then Natty stops her and she jumps in like, oh, hold up. What, you going to do an open challenge tonight? Word? Uh, Rhonda's like, yeah, man, gonna go ahead and do that. Uh, so Natty says, the guys don't tell anyone. They just go out and do it. Uh, Rhonda needs to go do the same. So just go out and let people know that she wants to fight. So Rhonda's like, bet, I'm with it. Uh, so later on Raw, Rhonda Rousey, uh, open challenge for the women's title. Uh, after that, we go back to the arena glorious oh i won't give in i won't or, you know till i'm victorious <laughs> uh glorious hits and 
Bobby Roode and Chad Gable uh, head to the ring. And I've bought into this team. I'm here. I'm I'm here for it. Uh, the I'm also the main reason I'm here for it is the eventual turn that has to be coming. Um, I'm I'm 100% leaning towards Bobby Re- Bobby Roode uh, reverting back to heel Bobby Roode, which is the best Bobby Roode. Um, they needed to do something with Chad Gable. Uh, especially considering that Jason Jordan's career may be over. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but um, his return uh, got pushed back to basically indefinitely um, because it seems that he's had a neck injury that's just just not looking too hot. So, so yeah, he might be done. Uh, But... Gable is one of those guys who could hit the indies and then totally blow up. He could, uh, he could fill that void that Matt Riddle is is leaving behind uh, right now. I could see him uh, getting over huge. Uh, so it behooves the WWE to keep him from hopping to Ring of Honor or New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, he could, he could kind of follow the same kind of career path. Uh, trajectory that uh, that Juice Robinson is on right now, or or you know Cody Rhodes to like a lesser degree. Um, let's see here. Uh, so it's gonna be Gable uh, versus Victor from the Ascension. Uh, pretty quick win. Um, Chad Gable wins with the Rolling German. Uh, Connor attacks. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable right after so I guess um, their first feud as an official team is going to be with the Ascension Um, at least all four guys are going to be doing something and uh, they'd already what they'd already fought them the first two weeks anyway so might as well if you're going to just keep putting them against each other might as well give them an issue uh, back from break, Rollins arrives backstage. Uh, so backstage interviewer, uh, Kayla Braxton, I believe, um, is uh, she tells Rollins that Ziggler has invoked his rematch clause. And if Seth can't go, uh, he'll get his title stripped. Uh, so Rollins is just kind of like, oh, OK, word. Uh, he says that Corbin might be the GM, uh, but this is still Monday Night Rollins. Uh, so he's up for the challenge. Up next, Taker, Undertaker, enters the arena. Best entrance ever. Best character ever. Let's talk about it. Uh, definitely, I believe, best entrance ever. Best character ever. Um, uh, I've it's close, but I would have to say uh, the Nature Boy, uh, or well, the you know Gorgeous George, that kind of character. I would say that that might be the greatest character ever because that character has been uh, used by so many different wrestlers and still gotten over. So. Um, you know, and just been used but but tweaked. You know, Ric Flair, probably arguably the greatest of all time, uh, period, used that character to perfection. So 
I I would say that that's uh, that's why that character gets the uh, the edge for for being the best character. Uh, anyway, um, Taker says that delusion is the final recourse of the damned, and that no one uh, can spin a web of lies like a man with a broken soul. So, Undertaker spitting that real shit. Uh, (laughs) Taker doesn't know anyone with a more broken soul than Triple H. Let's talk about it. Uh, Taker says that delusion will be Triple H's downfall. Uh, Triple H used to be wicked, savage, and a warrior. His battlefield is now the boardroom. Uh, that's that's where I would drop one of those horns. The burr, 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 you know what I mean? Uh, and then the gunshots. <laughs> gang, gang, gunshots. <laughs> um, uh, he said his life is full of lies, and he can't see the fear in HBK's eyes or see his own demise. Uh, Taker only knows when he faces Triple H for the last time, the result will be just like the first time okay talk your shit taker um he'll put him six feet under game over uh triple h will do whatever he can to outrun the reaper even risk Shawn michaels but taker says let him have whatever he wants taker says that uh hbk won't come to australia just to watch he'll be in triple h's corner so in Taker's corner, he's gonna have Kane. Uh, so this match is gonna have some pretty lit entrances. Uh, Taker says that he took HBK's career, so he'll take Triple H's career and soul, and Triple H will rest in peace. Roll your eyes back. Alright, um, next match is gonna be Bailey versus Dana Brooke. So I guess that's another way to lighten the mood. Uh, Bailey and Sasha enter with the Connors Cure kids. Uh, Dana Brooke has officially parted ways with Titus Worldwide, it seems. Uh, they weren't out there with her. Uh, Renee is kinda going hard on Titus a little bit, damn. Uh, you know, just saying, like, you know, what's, what's, what's he doing? What, how, you know, he's holding Dana Brooke back. So, damn, uh, maybe, maybe there's some heat there between, uh, between Renee and, and Titus. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, the, this match also kind of quick, Bailey wins, uh, finish comes on a pretty brutal looking knee and then a belly to Bailey. Uh, it's also the best that Dana Brooke has looked in, like, mm, ever. So, you know, shouts to her. I know she had tweeted some stuff out. She was like, I just want to wrestle. So hopefully she gets more opportunities going forward. Um, AOP is backstage walking to the ring. Akam or possibly Razar. I'm not sure which one it was. Uh, almost kills a stagehand in Drake Maverick. Rockstar Spud tells him to save it for the ring. Uh, back from the break, AOP is out with uh, Rockstar Maverick here, and they're against some more jobbers. 
Uh, one of them is named Barrett Brown. So that name kind of sounds like a computer-generated rookie on MLB The Show. So I like him. Uh, AOP wins easily. They were playing on rookie mode. Um, Cole says that we have a great tag division brewing. Uh, Low-key, we have the potential for it on Raw. Um, just got to book the teams consistently. Uh, you know, Gable and Rude can be a good tag team for a while. Uh, AOP is here. Um, of course, you got Dolph and Drew. Uh, our, our Rollins and, and Dean in the tag ranks now. Uh, the B team is still there. Um, you know, so there's 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 some potential on Raw. We'll see what's going on. Uh, let's see here. In the trainer room, uh, Dolph Ziggler is pretty upset that Rollins showed up. Uh, Corbin tells him, you know, hey, don't worry. You know, you got this. Uh, then Rollins pops up and he says uh, he's ready for a fight. So back from break, Dolph is out first uh, for the match. Um, you know, he's the challenger, so that's that's how it should be. Uh, Seth is out next. It's still crazy to me that Seth has gotten burn it down over with the crowd. Um, it's It's pretty shocking that he's gotten it over like he has. Uh, the guy is a next level worker. Uh, seen him live, and it's pretty much impossible to hate him once you see him live and you see how good he is and how hard he works, but how easy he makes it look. You just gotta admire him uh, as a true fan. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so the the match starts up. Uh, both guys are doing a decent job of selling that they were beaten down from the cell uh, the night before, and and but still giving their all tonight. Uh, Rollins hits a blockbuster off the top, and both of them sell the pain. Uh, Rollins does win the match. Finish comes after uh, the suplex, uh, superplex, uh, Falcon Arrow combo. Uh, Dolph kicks out, but uh, when he kicks out, he's still kind of on his hands and knees, pause, and then uh, Rollins just goes right into the curb stomp for the one, two, three. Uh, Reigns watching backstage, and uh, our favorite, Charlie, Charles Caruso, uh, (laughs) asks about uh, Reigns being the underdog in tonight's match, and he says, he's not the underdog. Um... I'm just the big dog. Uh, so he's definitely not taking that underdog role to Baron Corbin, which is just weird hearing. What? Underdog to Baron Corbin? Okay. Uh, Reigns uh, assures us that he'll win tonight, and he's right. Uh, back from break, Ronda Rousey uh, comes out to the ring. Uh, Ronda thanks Alexa Bliss, actually, for helping her push her limits. Uh, she wants to be the best champ that we've ever seen, like all the greats. Uh, she wants to be the very best, like no one ever was. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, Rhonda makes an open challenge. Uh, Natty's music hits, and Rhonda smiles. 
uh, takes a bit for Natty to come out, and Rhonda's looking concerned. She's like, yo, where's Natty at? Like, what's going on? Uh, then the Riot Squad come out, dragging a uh, unconscious Natty uh, towards the ring. Ruby says that this is all Rhonda's fault. Uh, says that they don't dislike Rhonda, but they don't like her either. Nice line. Uh, Ruby is accepting the challenge. Uh, Rhonda just starts uh, fighting all three of them uh, until they're uh, until they're able to start working the numbers game on her, and she still has the injured ribs. Her ribs are taped up. Uh, then the Bellas come running down to the ring. Uh, for the save, and all three stand tall. Uh, not gonna lie, the Bellas and Rhonda uh, together looks kind of fire. It just looked nice in the ring, like all three of them together. Uh, it's it just looked like a big deal, just like at a at a glance, the three of them was like, oh okay, what what's up? Um, I'm not a Bella hater. Uh, the I used to be. Previously, I'm a reformed Bella hater. Um, yeah, man, uh, we're going to get into it a little bit later, that whole we want talent hashtag that was going on, uh, during the week or weekend. Um, we'll, we'll get to that later during the quick hit segment. Um, but I'm actually here for it. The Bellas and Rhonda as a team, like as a, as a, not like a forever thing, but like a short time, a short term thing. Uh, also I could totally see. Uh, this friendship with the Bellas, this budding friendship with the Bellas, leading to uh, Natalia turning on Rhonda, which is where I really think everything is going, uh, because that's probably uh, one of the biggest feuds that they can do right now for, for Rhonda, like the biggest and best quality feuds, and it just really looks like they're building towards that. Um, and I think that could probably be, that could definitely be a money feud for the division and could probably carry it for uh, a couple months, a couple pay-per-views uh, if they do it right. And could lead to uh, Ronda's best matches to date on the roster. Uh, but anyway, this is how I could see it getting there. Um, Ronda and the Bellas team in Australia and win against the Riot Squad. Uh, and then after all of that, they're still kind of like buddy-buddy. Um, as, you know, a show of respect. And thanks for the help at uh, at Super Showdown. Um, Rhonda gives Nikki a title shot uh, at Evolution. Um, Rhonda would retain, of course, and then Natty attacks Rhonda after the match because she was supposed to be, uh, Rhonda's first title defense after Alexa. Uh, Alexa got a rematch clause, so she understood that, so she waited her turn, uh, but after that, it was, uh, it should have been her. Uh, the feud would be great. So, you know, that could be, like, Natty's point of view, like, hey, I trained with you, I helped you, like, and after all that, like, you know, you should give me a title shot, but you didn't. You gave it to Nikki Bella, who 
you know, she wasn't shooting with you in the gym, I was. So I think that could be a uh, that could be a fun feud, and uh, and who knows, you might get some people siding with Natty like how they did with Becky Lynch. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see here. Backstage uh, after that segment, backstage Braun wishes uh, Corbin luck um, because Corbin sucks. Uh, or he wishes Corbin luck, and uh, he lets him know that he's not worried about him uh, because Corbin sucks, and he knows that he can kill him, which was just a great line. Braun is the king of punchlines. Back from break, Elias is in the ring. Elias is a legit fire emoji, um, three of them at least, on the guitar. Uh, Elias talks about how he's always getting interrupted, uh, he says that everyone's jealous of him. He says that WWE stands for Walk with Elias. I said WWE stands for. I'm just going to trust that you said it. Uh, Elias <laughs> uh, talks about how Lashley never wins when it matters and how that reminds him a little bit of the Dallas Cowboys. Nice. Uh, they were in Dallas that night, so it was even nicer. Uh, Elias starts his song, but then. I, 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 I came to collect uh, hits. That's Leo Rush's music. Um, he uh, comes down to the ring, uh, the man in the hour. He um, he belongs on Raw, straight up. He's ready. Uh, he tells Elias that he's always uh, doing the same tired diss tracks. And Elias is like, uh, hey, whose kid is this, Burn? Um, Leo acknowledges it as a good burn as well. Uh, and then introduces himself. Um, Elias interrupts and says he doesn't care. Uh, Rush says that the big man told him that Elias had jokes. Or maybe he said Elias was a joke. Either way, uh, Elias is in trouble once Lashley shows up. Rush introduces Bobby Lashley. Uh, so they show a recap of Owen's attack on Lashley. Uh, and they also announce Cena and Lashley versus Elias and Kevin Owens at Super Showdown. Super random that they're just uh, throwing John Cena and Lashley together. But also kind of makes sense. Uh, it's Super Showdown is basically just a glorified house show. Uh, they do want a Cena appearance, so here you go, because he doesn't really have a storyline. <sighs> Excuse me. Uh, he doesn't really have a storyline to jump into, and, um, you know, they're not going to just give away a big Cena match at it for, for nothing, like how they're giving away this Taker and Triple H match. Um, so, you know... Just throw him in there with Lashley. We want people to like Lashley, so put him next to somebody that they like. Uh, Lashley is having issues with Owens and Elias at the same time, though, so um, it makes sense to have the heels on uh, those two heels uh, involved. Uh, we go to a break. Back from break, 
Leo rushes on commentary. Leo tells Renee that he is Lashley's new manager, and it all started over a smoothie. Uh, Rush says that Lashley is the most talented uh, guy on the roster uh, and that he's money. He also calls Owens a coward. Uh, On cue, KO's music hits, and Leo Rush stands up. Uh, He sends the announce chair into Kevin Owens and then leapfrogs him uh, by jumping off the announce table. Uh, KO throws the chair at Rush, but it misses. Uh, Leo Rush heads towards the ring and leaps over Elias uh, next. Uh, Then he hits the apron, backflips off the apron. Uh, Elias finally grabs him, and then uh, Rush hits like Anziguri on Elias. Uh, And then that's when the bell rings for the DQ. Owens goes for uh, the powerbomb, but then Rush gets yanked off of uh, Kevin Owens' shoulders by Bobby Lashley. Uh, Lashley then tosses uh, Leo Rush onto Elias and Owens and then uh, Lashley puts Rush on his shoulders and Rush and Bobby Lashley stand tall Uh, that was fucking great Um, that was awesome fuck Cena Uh, we want Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley versus Elias and Kevin Owens like that would be perfect honestly Um, I am very high on this tandem uh, Bobby Lashley definitely needed somebody who can talk for him. Uh, Leo Rush uh, can do just that, but he's also dynamite in the ring. Uh, so you could turn these two into a tag team and stick them in the tag division uh, and eventually have them being tag champs. And I can see them getting really over as tag champions. Um helps Bobby Lashley out uh I'm not sure entirely how Bobby feels about all of this um Bobby uh reportedly has some issues with WWE and WWE management um which we'll get to later in the quick hit segment segment uh let's see here Next up, there's a one of those selfie promos. Uh, backstage, Alexa, Foxy, and Mickey James diss Ember Moon, saying she has no friends. Uh, Foxy and James are going to be versus Ember Moon and a partner of her choosing. Uh, back from break, Alicia, Alicia Fox, as uh, Noam Dar would say, uh, and Mickey James are in the ring. Um, Ember Moon makes her entrance. Uh, She's in her hometown of Dallas, so there's like a 75% chance her partner turns on her and allies herself with Alexa Bliss. Um, Nia Jax actually is the mystery partner, so uh, scratch what I said about aligning with Bliss. (laughs) Uh, Nia is all smiles. Uh, Bliss is way less than thrilled. Uh, Corey Graves makes a Mean Girls reference, and Renee Young tells him to get a life, which I think is an appropriate response. Uh, I was really glad to see Nia Jax back. Uh, She's definitely improved since her debut on the main roster. 
Um, I missed her, man. Uh, I'm like, uh, I'm a big Nia fan. I feel like she doesn't get to show her personality as much as she should. Uh, she's pretty funny, and I think that that can be applied in other ways. Low key, uh, wrestling secret weapon is being funny. Uh, funny people are usually also pretty witty and clever, and all of those can be used to get somebody over. If you don't have amazing athleticism or a killer look, which uh, Nia Jax uh, definitely has a killer look, and she uh, does have athleticism, uh, sprinkle some funny in there. You sprinkle that in with the look and the athleticism, and Nia Jax is a beast. Um, Anyway. Corbin, backstage, he reminds the referee that he's his boss and he controls his paychecks. Then he tells the ref to still call it right down the middle. Uh, And then the ref's like, sure, Mr. Corbin. He's all like, oh, don't call me that. Just call me acting general manager. Uh, Corbin's great in this role. Back from break, Corbin is out first. Uh, He's still fighting this match in his vest and slacks like a true boss man actually takes the vest off um so you know if the the vest is off um it's about to get serious uh roman is out next um i really hope that eventually corbin is rewarded with a nice long title run uh even if it's just like the ic title uh or moving back to smackdown after mania and give him a role uh, give him a run as a heel WWE champion. Uh, you know, like during the, he could, you know, be the champ through the summer and fall and into the fall. Uh, let's see here. Um, the finish comes, uh, the finish comes for the match when Corbin throws a chair right at Roman Reigns for the DQ, uh, Corbin freaks out and then he remembers oh wait I'm the GM uh so he restarts the match as no disqualifications uh Roman Reigns hits a Superman punch uh Corbin kicks out Reigns goes for the chair uh Strowman comes to the ring um when Strowman's music hits Uh, (laughs) Corbin attacks uh, from behind, pause Uh, then Strowman starts attacking Roman Uh, Strowman posts himself um, but then Corbin attacks again deep six, then Dolph and Drew come down to the ring Uh, Dean and Seth arrive to jump in Uh, Superman punch on Braun Um, Dean and Seth check on Roman and then they hit stereo suicide dives on Dolphin Drew uh, spear to Corbin uh, Roman wins and the shield stands tall for a stare down with the dogs of war to end Monday Night Raw um, so all in all it was just kind of like a eh, show uh, the top angle is definitely the shield versus the dogs of war this i am 100 percent certain is going to carry over into some sort of uh survivor series main event for control of raw um yeah 
So next up, we're going to jump into SmackDown. Okay, jumping into SmackDown here. Uh, the show opens up. There's hype for Becky Lynch's championship coronation. Um, Miz is already there in the ring. Uh, he announces the number one contenders match against Daniel Bryan at Super Showdown in Australia. Um, Miz says that he is superior to Daniel Bryan. Uh, He beat Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam and uh, Hell in a Cell, and now he will win at Super Showdown. So, Miz says that he moved heaven and earth to get his uh, special guest here um, for Miz TV. Um, He says that this guest always shifts the conversation. Um, He introduces Maurice. Um, He asks her how hard it was to beat Brie. Maurice says it was the easiest thing ever. Uh, Maurice says that Brie used Daniel Bryan to market her image, uh, and Daniel Bryan used Brie to fight his battles. Actually, uh, the Miz says that part. Um, Miz says that Maurice also has breaking news. Uh, Maurice says that this is her last time on SmackDown Live. The crowd cheers. Um, and then... Uh, uh, the cr- the crowd cheers that that this is her last time, uh, but then they start to boo Maurice after. Uh, Miz says that he's gonna destroy Daniel Bryan, uh, and he tells us not to boo his wife. Uh, Daniel Bryan comes out, and uh, brings the fight to the Miz. Uh, the Miz actually called him out, uh, so he comes out, brings the fight to the Miz. Um, he drop kicks the Miz, but the Miz falls into Maurice, uh, kind of crushing her in the corner. Um, so Daniel Bryan stops fighting. He looks super, you know, like, oh man, what did I just do? Um, looks like he feels terrible. He goes over and apologizes to Maurice. He's like, yo, I'm so sorry. Uh, because, you know, Daniel Bryan's not trying to hurt women. Daniel Bryan respects women. Um, then the refs come out, paramedics come out, and they're trying to get Maurice on the stretcher. Uh, and then she stands up and smiles. The injury was a fake. Oh, you lying. All right. And then, um, uh, Brian and the Miz, they start fighting again. Uh, Maurice then grabs, uh, Daniel Bryan tries to hold him back. Uh, he dodges the Miz's. Uh, hit and the Miz knocks her off of the apron, kind of, sort of. She takes just, she doesn't really take a bump. She just kind of like, I don't know what she does. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you saw it, then you know why I'm laughing. Um, Miz and Maurice uh, head to the back. Uh, from 100% knew that. Well, I mean, of course, we all know that the injury was a fake, but, I mean, 100% knew that they were going to play it off as her trying to trick 
uh, Daniel Bryan. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. I love Daniel Bryan. I'm also a fan of The Miz, but uh, we didn't pray for Daniel Bryan to come back just to be some middle-of-the-road guy on SmackDown Live. Uh, at this point, I'd rather see him be, like, a part-timer and only on the show and only show up for big matches uh you know give him and shinsuke that that match that they wanted against each other uh but don't just have him around to do nothing and this feud with the miz like i mean the story line is good it makes sense uh we want to see him beat the Miz, but make it mean something, and I feel, but I feel like uh, this whole Super Showdown thing, I don't feel like that's going to be a clean finish, Uh, I could see Randy Orton getting involved, uh, and then going after Daniel Bryan, and them kind of doing something for a little while, um, So, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Let's see here. Backstage, uh, Caleb Braxton um, stops Daniel Bryan. This is after the break. uh, And he says he knows uh, The Miz is a coward and knew that when The Miz called him out, he had something up his sleeve. He says that Super Showdown... He's going to punch The Miz's face, and he's also going to punch his ticket to a title shot. Uh, Next up, The Bar comes out, and Cesaro is in a singles match. Uh, The New Day is out next. Woods and Big E are dressed like they're headed to Safari. Um, New Day says that there's only room for one day on SmackDown Live, and it's not Rusev Day. Uh, Big E yells out, Crikey! Uh, Kofi asks him what he's doing. Uh, Xavier says that's a terrible Australian accent and said that it could also be offensive. Big E says that the Iconics told him it was cool. So, so we're good. Hilarious. Um... Biggie, he makes a joke about Cesaro being uh, the most dominant member of the bar due to his nipple size, which, uh, pause, they are pretty large. Um, Cesaro then says that New Day is in their natural habitat of dressing up like clowns and reciting jokes that aren't funny. Ouch. Uh, Seamus says it's because New Day is a joke. Uh, Sheamus says that they'll win the titles and they'll bring uh, prestige back to the division again. Uh, Kofi pulls a... Uh, and, and they're going to bring prestige back to the uh, to the division again. <laughs> uh, so it's Kofi versus uh, Cesaro. Uh, Kofi pulls out this weird move where he like bounced on the top rope on his stomach and then flipped himself onto Cesaro. Uh, excuse me. When he does it, uh, Xavier Woods is on the outside, and uh, Xavier can be heard saying, "Like, I don't even know what that was." Uh, 
And he's like, I don't even know what that was, but it was awesome. Uh, so, so that was funny. Um, he was also 100% correct because I also didn't know what it was, but also found it awesome. Uh, finish comes when Kofi, who's selling a leg injury, uh, gets his legs kicked out from under him. Uh, and then Cesaro just picks him right up off the mat and hits the neutralizer. Uh, Cesaro's dumb strong. One, two, three. Uh, backstage, Lana is with Rusev. Uh, and Aiden English pulls up and says, uh, Hell in a Cell was tough, uh, but he has a good feeling about Rusev's match tonight. Rusev agrees and says that's because English won't be in this match. Uh, English seems pretty hurt. Uh, and he says that Hell in a Cell wasn't his fault and he tried his best. Uh, Rusev says if that was his best, then his best isn't good enough. Uh, English turns to a random stagehand and says Rusev Day would be nothing without him. All the failures he's blamed for are actually Lana's fault. He says Lana's uh, more of a manager than a wife. Uh, the stagehand then points behind Aided English, uh, and Lana's standing there looking pretty pissed. Uh, she says she's going to tell Rusev. Uh, and... Um, Rusev versus uh, Shinsuke is later tonight. Uh, back from break, the announcers say there's uh, commotion in the production truck, and we see Randy Orton is forcing uh, the guy in the truck to watch all the fucked up shit that he did to Jeff Hardy. Uh, he says that it's nothing compared to what he does to his next victim, <coughs> Daniel Bryan. Um, they next show us the footage of AJ tapping out to Samoa Joe at Hell in a Cell. Uh, Kayla Braxton, um, she, let's see here, Kayla Braxton, she has, uh, AJ backstage. Uh, AJ says after everything that Joe put him and his family through, the worst thing, would have been Joe leaving with the belt. Maybe Joe uh, got what was coming to him. Uh, maybe Joe got gypped, or maybe it was karma. Uh, AJ says that Australia is going to be a no-DQ match, uh, and then he says that he needs to focus on uh, Almas tonight, or Almas is going to beat him. Uh, so next up... <clears throat> Is going to be Rusev versus Nakamura. Uh, Nakamura is out first, and that's such disrespect uh, for the leader of the United States of Nak America. Um, they they don't even bless us with this full entrance. Like we go to break in the middle of it. Uh, back from break, all of Rusev Day is. Uh, backstage, and Alana says that she has something to tell Rusev. Uh, he tells her he's focused on winning the title, and then he asks Aiden to do the honors. Alana tries to tell Rusev again, uh, Rusev's like, yo, later, I gotta go win this belt. Uh, so Aiden English comes out and sings out Rusev, and all three of them walk into uh, start walking down to the ring. Uh, dueling chance of Nakamura and Rusev Day. 
um, English is still cheering uh, Rusev on while Lana just glares at him. Um, Mid-match, English grabs the mic and starts leading uh, the Rusev Day chants from the crowd. Uh, This was actually a really good match. I wouldn't mind a whole feud of uh, Rusev and Nakamura. Uh, Rusev hits a Machka kick on Nakamura when he's going for the Kinshasa. Um, Gets to his feet. Uh, So, yeah, Nakamura was going for the Kinshasa. And Rusev hits a Machka kick. So, uh, Nakamura's down. Um, <clears throat> Rusev kind of fell back, but then he gets to his feet. When he gets to his feet, uh, English hops on the apron and yells, Rusev, crush. And Rusev looks at him like, yo, what the fuck, dude? Uh, and they kind of start arguing a little bit. And then Nakamura rolls up Rusev. For the one, two, three, surprise win. Um, right after, basically, English then attacks Rusev behind from behind, pause with the microphone, and just basically beats the shit out of him. Uh, and then he sings "Happy Rusev Day" uh, while Lana screams at him. Uh, that was actually a pretty effective heel turn. Uh, We'll see what Aiden's explanation is. He says that um, he said he didn't mean what he said uh, backstage. Uh, Did he just go ahead and turn on Rusev because Lana was going to rat him out anyway? Uh, Like he was trying to, you know, will Rusev to victory. Like all that was real. Like he, you know, he was trying to will him to victory so uh, he would be forgiven and everything else would be forgotten. Uh, but because, uh, you know, because he helped Rusev, uh, win the belt, but then when, uh, he saw that he was going to be blamed for Rusev losing again, and he knew that after Lana was just going to tell everything, um, he was going to have to fight Rusev anyway, so... He just went ahead and got the jump on Rusev and attacked him early. Uh, attacked him first. Um, I could see that being something that he explains, but uh, we'll see. We'll just see how it turns out. So I'm really looking forward to Tuesday. Um, after break, uh, uh, Almas and Zelina Finas Vega uh, <laughs> come to the ring. Uh, I'm so glad that they got. Uh, they got rid of those damn suspenders uh, that Almas was wearing. Uh, AJ is out next. Um, Almas attacks AJ immediately uh, from behind pause uh, before the bell. Ref checks to see if AJ can still go, and he's like, yeah, man, let's get it. Uh, Almas is just bringing it to AJ, uh, but AJ fights back. It's a really hard-hitting match. Uh, they're high on Almas, and for good reason. Uh, I know people say there's too many titles, but I think he'd be the perfect guy to put, like, a television title on right now. Um, guarantee quality matches on TV each week. Uh, give him some space to shine. Uh, defend the belt once a month on SmackDown only. Or... Uh, 
or you could do weekly defenses uh but people from nxt can also like come up and challenge and cruiserweights also uh, just anybody who would give him a good match uh almas goes for that uh backflip off the top into the standing moonsault and then AJ gets his knees up um then AJ is caught in the ropes and almost hits a double stomp off the top on the AJ's chest like these guys are killing it uh every single time they step in the ring with with each other twice so far but I mean like both matches have just been phenomenal no pun intended actually pun totally intended um AJ hits a super cool looking uh, sliding knee on the apron. Uh, finish comes on a crazy sequence where uh, AJ reverses a hammerlock DDT into a jackknife pin. And then he pops out of the pin into a Styles Clash. Like, if you haven't, if you didn't get a chance to watch that match, go out of your way, find it, check it out just for the finish. <laughs> um,. And that was uh, three counts. So that was that was amazing. Uh, let's see here. Samoa Joe comes out of nowhere and attacks AJ. Uh, Joe's yelling at him that he knows the truth and uh, he's never and AJ is never going to be safe. Uh, they brawl back and forth, and then Joe pokes AJ's eye uh, and then retreats through the crowd. Uh, AJ holds his belt up for the crowd and stands tall. Uh, backstage, Asuka and Naomi are, uh, they're getting their strut on, uh, back from the break, Iconics are talking shit on Asuka and Naomi, Naomi's music hits, uh, she dances her way to the ring, um, Asuka comes out next, Naomi does the, uh, does the Asuka dance moves, uh, I've missed Asuka. But you know what I really miss? I miss NXT Asuka. Uh, she'd eat the iconic duo for lunch. I'm pretty sure she actually has already. Um, I love Billy Kay and I love Peyton. So, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, I didn't realize this was a singles match until the entrances were over. Uh, so it's Asuka versus Billy Kay. Uh, finish comes when Oscar reverses a suplex into the Oscar lock, uh, and Billy Kay taps. Uh, wasn't really much to the match. It was pretty fairly quick. Uh, back from break, Paige is in the ring. Uh, her new haircut is a fly AF. Uh, let's see here. She uh, introduces the new SmackDown's Women's Champion. Uh, which is Becky Lynch. They unveil her belt, uh, but with the, the new Becky Lynch plates. Uh, you deserve it, Chance, from the crowd. Uh, Becky says, no more being left off of the pay-per-view posters and the morning talk shows. This is her title and her show. Uh, she says that she doesn't need balloons or the rain to be surrounded by the division she built. She just needs Charlotte. Uh, Paige tells Becky not to do that, but Charlotte's music hits anyway. Uh, Paige says that they aren't going to do this. Um, Charlotte says that she's here to give Becky the respect that Becky didn't give her at SummerSlam. Uh, she says that night, Becky was the better woman, 
Um, she says that Becky paid a steep price and uh, she threw away more than a friendship to to get what they have here. Um, Charlotte can't wait until their rematch at Super Showdown. Uh, and then Charlotte says that uh, it took Becky two years to win that belt, but she'll lose it in one night. Ooh, uh, Becky says that she stopped listening after Charlotte said she was the better woman. Oh, uh, <laughs> Becky tells her to shut her mouth. Uh, Charlotte says that she was, uh, Charlotte, uh, Becky said that Charlotte said she was the second best. Uh, this title says otherwise. Uh, at Helena Cell, Charlotte said that she would leave with the belt, but this title says otherwise. Uh, Becky said that she didn't let Charlotte raise her hand after the match on Sunday because she didn't want Charlotte to steal from her moment. Uh, but then Becky tells Charlotte uh, to put the belt on her waist instead. Uh, and then she says that she doesn't want that either. Uh, just call her the queen. Um, Charlotte starts to walk away, uh, but then Becky calls her a bitch. Uh, which is, I guess, that's her new favorite word. Uh, Becky's uh, too short now. Um, let's see here. After after uh, dropping that uh, that B word, uh, Charlotte absolutely rocks Becky. Um, but then Becky just totally beats Charlotte down throws her over uh, the announce table and then uh, then she locks in the disarm her uh, then hits a Bexploder uh, Becky stands tall with the title on the stage the show ends uh, I'm not sure if Becky is a heel or not uh, I guess they're just leaving it uh, shades of gray Becky's gonna be a heel to the people she's a heel to and Charlotte is Charlotte um next up we're gonna just jump in jump right in the impact uh so there's a video recap of everything that happened last week uh follow boss title shot uh cage agreeing the team with the lucha bros all that good stuff uh show opens first match is O V. E uh, versus Aerostar, Hijo del Vikingo, and Laredo Kid. Uh, the match is guaranteed to be crazy. Uh, it's always fun to see how crowds in other countries react to American promotions. Uh, the commentators talk about how Jake Christ has basically started copying uh, Sammy Callahan. I've noticed that too. Uh, OVE is just incredibly interesting right now. A uh, huge highlight of impact. Uh, Hijo del Vikingo, I'm probably screwing that up, uh, tried, uh, he tried to do a flip dive on OVE, but they turned it into a powerbomb onto the apron, Aerostar then stands on uh, Laredo Kid's shoulders while he sits on the top rope, and uh, dive onto OVE on the outside, Laredo Kid, um, with a crazy moonsault uh, after that. Um, and then 
and then after all that, uh, he, Hio Del Vikingo, uh, hits, uh, just hits a crazy shooting star press, uh, wild action, just like you'd expect from, from Luchadors, uh, going against OVE, um, Jake Chris Kiss, uh, his kicks, excuse me, are, are pretty ill, uh, crazy sequence where Aerostar hits, like, a springboard code breaker on Dave Chris, then, uh, Hio Del Vikingo with, uh, another just beautiful shooting star press off the top, and then Laredo, uh, kid almost falls and hurts himself, uh, but, catches himself on the ropes and then delivers a 450 splash uh the finish comes when ove hits the all-seeing eye on vikingo for the three count that move if you don't know is uh dave chris holding the opponent on his shoulders while jake is on sammy callahan's shoulders uh and then jake basically jumps off of callahan's shoulders uh, with a cutter out of it, so it's super fire, uh, backstage, Matt Seidel stops, uh, Rich Swan. um, when he was walking past, Seidel, uh, tells Swan that he really believes in him and wants to help, uh, says instead of a singles match, uh, they're gonna tag against the Lucha Bros, uh, Swan protests, uh, them not having a singles match, uh, but then he agrees to it, tells Seidel not to screw up, Seidel tells Swan to follow him, uh, and then Swan tells Seidel to try to keep up, uh, back from break, Tessa Blanchard is in the locker room, uh, she yells at, a uh, masked luchadora, who looks familiar, but I can't think of a name. Uh, Tessa says that she's the champ and makes uh, La Luchadora here uh, move her things. Fabi Apache uh, steps up and tells Tessa that she has to show uh, respect. Uh, Tessa leaves to find a new locker room. After hype and commentary, Eli Drake, <laughs> dummy, yeah, uh, comes out. And he says for weeks he's seen uh, trash come down that ramp. Uh, says that he came out to Mexico looking for a real challenge. Uh, but all he sees are dummies. Yeah. Uh, he's got a free ticket uh, for the gravy train. Uh, they can get their tickets punched. And that's not an insult. That's just a fact of life. Uh, an angry Trevor Lee comes stomping out uh, to the ring to answer the open challenge. Uh, Trevor Lee is a three-time X Division champ, and they don't treat him as such, and that sucks. Uh, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, uh, Jerry Lynn, like legit Hall of Fame-level talent has held um, that belt, and he's won it three times and nothing, like just nothing. Uh, wild finish comes when Eli Drake goes for the gravy train. Uh, Lee rolls through into a pin, and then Drake kicks out and catches Lee in the gravy train. One, two, three. Uh, the OGs are backstage. Homicide wants to 
dip. He doesn't like the arena, I guess. Uh, King says that they need to get Conan and LAX to break their ceasefire. King says that he's going into the ring tonight uh, to show LAX what happens when the King don't miss. Uh, he's bringing a spinning back fist and violence. Uh, back from break, the OGs come out. Uh, Eddie Kingston uh, versus Crotus. Um, I wish WWE could do something like this, like do a show in a foreign country and put their talent, uh, put the WWE talent against uh, the top talent from that country. Like maybe two Raws in a year and two SmackDown Lives, like one in the UK, one in Mexico, one in Japan, and maybe like one in Canada, and then, uh, and then for Survivor Series, do like a Team USA versus Team World, uh, for all the divisions, right? Like that would be super fire in one year, right? Um, anyway. The OGs attack uh, Crotus before the match. Uh, bell rings and King just obliterates him with a spinning back fist. One, two, three. Uh, King calls out Conan and LAX uh, after the match. Um, back from break, LAX is backstage with Conan. Uh, Santana and Ortiz are ready to bring the drama to the OG to the O to the Ochis uh to the OGs. Uh they tell Conan that this isn't how they roll when O V E called them out and all that jazz they they handled it. Conan says if they break the ceasefire they're gonna end up in a tub of acid, basically. So uh they'll hold off until bound for glory. Um, I am a big fan of this angle. Like, there's times where it's just kind of funny. Uh, like when, like, I mean, I, I laughed when Richie got hit by the car. I feel bad for laughing, especially as a dad. But, uh, but no, man, it was. I like this. This angle is 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 dope, and they're backing it up with, uh, with matches that that match that intensity. So I. I dig it, and I'm fans of everyone involved in this angle. Keep it going, TNA. This is nice. This is good. Um, let's see here. And that's another thing. Like, uh, everybody involved, like, there's been plenty of, like, gangster characters uh, in wrestling. But everybody involved is is pulling this off. Um, I... I feel like they're, like, these guys are, like, legit street dudes. Uh, let's see here. Next up, Alicia Edwards is going against uh, Fabi Apache. Definitely uh, the best I've seen Alicia look in a match. Uh, Fabi gets the win after a brutal boot and then a sit-out powerbomb. After the match, Josh Matthews uh, gets in the ring with a translator, and they do a quick interview with Fabi. Uh, she challenges Tessa Blanchard uh, 
to a match for the Impact uh, Women's Championship, or for the women, uh, the Impact Knockouts Championship. Uh, funny note, Josh Matthew uh, kept trying to get her to turn around, uh, toward turn towards the hard cam. Um, she kept facing away. To be fair, I believe in Mexico, they usually work the other side of the crowd. And I... I don't know, but I have reason to believe that it was probably pretty empty on the hard cam side, if not completely empty. Uh, so yeah, um, actually, I don't, I don't, I don't have reason to believe. That's just how I feel. Cause like, why would she keep turning the other way? You know what I mean? If there was people over there, why would she keep turning the other way? Anyway, um, backstage, El Tejano uh, is interviewed and he says that Aries uh, needs Cross and Moose. Uh, he says he has two partners, his fist and his bull rope. Uh, so he tells Aries that he is going to ride off into the sunset on his horse with the Impact title. Uh, back from break, the Smoke Show has an announcement next week. Uh, Rich Swan out next, then Matt Seidel. Uh, full disclosure, Matt Seidel's uh, theme is one of my favorite wrestling themes, period. Uh, next out is Phoenix with his uh, AAA Mega Championship, uh, then Pentagon Jr. Uh, Swan and Phoenix flipping all over the place to start. Uh, cool counter of the cutter by Swan. Uh, Seidel and Pentagon battle back and forth with Cero Miedo and uh, Third Eye taunts going back and forth. Uh, the match ends uh, with a package pile driver by Penta on Seidel on the apron and then the cradle shock by Phoenix. Um, of course, uh, this match was, was crazy and all over the place. What else would you expect from the Lucha Bros and and uh, side Allen Swan. Uh, OVE comes out after the match, but Brian Cage makes the save. Backstage interview. Um, Aries and crew. Aries points out that El Tejano means the Texan. Uh, says that the match is in Mexico because he's run everyone else off. Uh, he's champ for a reason. And El Tejano is no joke, but El Tejano uh, is not winning this match. Um, Moose takes a selfie with uh, the interviewer, I think it's McKenzie, um, and heads off. Uh, Desi Hit Squad backstage, haven't seen them in a little bit. Um, they're celebrating getting a match against... Uh, a non-title match against LAX. Uh, Gama Singh has them get back to work. Next up, we got Joe Hendry uh, with Grado. Debuts uh, his new music video. Uh, they're basically dissing Katarina for trying to break up the boys. Um, they're best buds for Evs. Um... Video package on the feud of Ali, Sue Young, and Tessa Blanchard. And then announcement that Abyss is going into the Impact Hall of Fame. That's very well deserved and it makes a lot of sense. Abyss uh, did a lot for that company. 
Um, Abyss also turned down a WrestleMania match against The Undertaker to stay with TNA. Uh, so who knows how his career would have would have switched up and how many more people would be aware of the hardcore legend that is Abyss if he had taken uh, that WrestleMania match against The Undertaker. Um, that I feel like that could have been a good match. Like, at, at that time, before The Undertaker was, like, broken down and when he had kind of, like, reached his, uh, his high point of putting on good matches, uh, like, him versus Abyss at WrestleMania could have been a lot of fun. Um, that's one of those what-if matches that I wish could have happened. Um, maybe one of these days I'll do an episode where we'll just go through a bunch of, like, uh, matches that were rumored to happen, but for some reason didn't, uh, and and pick our our favorites, our our list that we would want to see. So if you if you follow, if you follow me on Twitter at Champ Podcast, just start tweeting me some matches that were rumored to happen, but but uh, for one reason or another, for whatever reason, they didn't uh, come to fruition, and and we'll start picking our favorites. Um, Let's see here. Uh, next up is the main event. Uh, Aries versus uh, Tejano. Solid match. I like Tejano. Um, I like the bull rope, rope gimmick. Uh, Aries wins with uh, the Brain Buster. Um, post-match, Johnny Impact has a video package. Uh, teasing not being cleared for Bound for Glory. Aries says he knows that he's actually there. Uh, Impact gives... That's Johnny Impact. Uh, comes out and he gives Aries the beats. Uh, Eddie Edwards also shows up and attacks uh, the bad guys with his kendo, uh, with his kendo stick. Uh, Aries gets away and Johnny stands tall to close the show. Uh, so Impact has been enjoyable uh the past few weeks um i like these series of tapings when they're uh in another country uh so last month they just wrapped up in uh wrapped up in canada so we'll see uh this was the first night in mexico uh i i am enjoying seeing the them going up against the mexican talent as well uh so we'll see how this plays out over i guess the next month of Impact Television. Um, now we're going to jump into NXT, the last show I watched this week. Next week, we'll be back with Ring of Honor. Um, show starts off. Uh, there's hype for Pete Dunne versus Ricochet, uh, North American title versus the UK title. Um, show opens. Dakota Kai enters first. I love Dakota Kai. I said it before. She's Bailey 2.0, but with a better chance and not getting swallowed up on the main roster. Uh, the sweetness of the ba- Bailey gimmick is still there with her, uh, but she has a little bit more, uh, a little bit more teeth to it thanks to Team Kick. Uh, the way her offense is set up uh, just kind of gives uh, Dakota Kai a little bit more grit. Uh, the virtuosa Diona Perrazzo is her partner uh, tonight. Uh, or Diana Perrazzo, what did I say? Uh, Diana Perrazzo is her partner. Uh, Diana is great, but 
I'm still kind of waiting to figure out what her WWE hook is going to be, like her WWE gimmick. Like, what is it? Like, just, you know, what is it going to be? Um, they're facing Aaliyah and Lacey Evans. Uh, Evans is great. Uh, if she's not on the main roster after Mania, then it's because they've made her a major cog in the NXT women's division. Uh, she's either going to be one of the biggest heels, depending on which town you're in, thanks to her gimmick, or uh, she's going to be super over as a face. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Evans and Perrazzo start the match. Uh, Deanna getting the whoop whoop too sweet. Well, not the too sweet, but the whoop whoop. Uh, Marty Skrull chants. Uh, Perrazzo with her chain wrestling to start does a nice uh, headstand escape. Another takedown and a nice escape by Evans where she just kicks Perrazzo. Uh, side note, glad to see more of Aaliyah. Uh, she's been around for a while now and hasn't really gotten a chance to show anything. Uh, I basically just know that she's pretty and Canadian. Six buzz, six buzz. Uh, she's, <laughs> if you don't know what that is, that's a, that's a Canadian thing. Um, follow at six buzz on Instagram and you know, six buzz, shout me, shout me out. Somebody tell them, somebody tell them about this. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, she's beginning to work a spoiled and also, Six Buzz, shout out to Leah, man. She's holding it down for Toronto. Uh, anyway, um, she's beginning to work a spoiled rich princess gimmick. Uh, I've seen her posting some stuff on social media, too. Um, and I'm willing to see where it goes. I think she could potentially really pull this off well. Uh, she still needs some polish, like the stuff that she posted on social media, like the idea is there. Uh, the the attempt was was noble, but uh, the the actual uh, dialogue was was kind of weak. But um, it's definitely something that she can improve upon, uh, and and I I'm confident that she can knock it out of the park. Um, also. Uh, Evans and Aaliyah are both being like super aggressive in this match. Uh, I would I would keep them together, man. As a if the women's tag titles are still a thing, uh, then this is a pair that has potential as a good heel team uh, for face teams to have to like get through to move up through the ranks. Uh, so I think they could. Um, I could see them like holding titles, but I wouldn't. I. Or at least now, I don't see them as like a a cornerstone in the division, like somebody who you can just put the titles on, like how uh, on the main roster for the men they can they can do that for the new day, uh, they can do that with the bar, they can do that with the Usos, uh, you know those those are three teams that they can just stick in as champs and and they can just kind of hold lead the division through through stormy waters um stormy waters yep uh better than stormy daniels hey okay um 
shout out, I mean, you know, no disrespect, shout out Stormy Daniels. Um, let's see here. The, uh, the, the match continues, um, Kai would be great, Dakota Kai, uh, she would also be great in a tag team, uh, her comeback offense is so great off of a hot tag, um, Aaliyah and Evans get the win, the finish comes when Evans, uh, blind tags Aaliyah, uh, right before an Okada roll, and then Evans just steps into the ring and hits the women's right, uh, on Dakota Kai, knocks her right out for the one, two, three, uh, great looking finisher, and all the women really sell it well, uh, great name too, uh, backstage after the match, the Velveteen Dream is interviewed, he says he's, uh, carry the momentum of beating EC3 into a match with uh, Johnny Gargano, Gargano or uh, Johnny Failure, as he calls him. Uh, then they ask about Aleister Black. Dream is incredulous uh, that they would um, ask about some, anyone other than himself. Interview over. Uh, Street Profits promo, cell phone video, sounds like uh, Bianca Belair is asking the questions. Uh, She asked them about losing to the Mighty because uh, they took their chains. Uh, They say that those chains aren't just chains, they're a symbol of their struggle to success and also that they made their moms proud and made it. Uh, Montez Ford says that this was a great episode and a great question. Uh, street profits are growing on me more and more. Um, um, I think they're winning me over. Uh, back from break recap of Bianca Belair and Nikki Cross from last week. Uh, their no contest uh, led to post match brawl that ended with uh, Cross hitting a dive off the announce table onto Belair. Uh, Bianca Belair interview from last week uh, is shown. Um, she says that Cross is crazy, uh, but she's not going to back down. She'll show up and show out each and every time, uh, because she's undefeated. Uh, next up, Humberto Carrillo versus Jackson Riker, uh, formerly Gunner in TNA, uh, making his NXT in-ring debut. I believe Riker has, uh... I believe this is his debut. Uh, Riker has a pretty impressive look. The sort of Forgotten Sons gimmick works uh, for this guy as well. Uh, basically a squash match. Finish comes when Riker um, double axe handle smashes uh, Carrillo out of the air on a crossbody attempt. And uh, then hits a slingshot powerbomb. Uh, backstage in William Regal's office, Candice LeRae is being questioned about the attack on Aleister Black. Uh, she says that she doesn't know and she didn't see anyone. Uh, she kind of implies that it was Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, Regal says that they've looked at everything and there's no evidence that it was Ciampa. Uh, Regal asks if she knows where Johnny was when all this was going down. She says the triple threat for TakeOver had just been announced. 
Uh, she was with Johnny, uh, and he told her to sit tight while he went to the locker room to clean up, and then they drove home together. Uh, Regal then lets her go. Uh, I heard an interesting theory where they said that Candice LeRae uh, could be the one who attacked Aleister Black. Uh, that would be really interesting. That would be a lot of fun. Um, we could still get that triple threat uh, between uh, Ciampa, Black, and Gargano. Um, this segment, the way that they did it, uh, it almost gave me the feeling that like Candice LeRae is hiding something or they think she is. Or maybe Johnny is hiding something from her. Uh, either way, I'm here for it. Video recap. Uh, either way, I'm here for it. Uh, and then we get a video recap of how we got to Pete Dunn versus Ricochet. Uh, then there's a video package on Keith Lee. He's limitless, and it's time to bask in his glory. Uh, I'm super pumped for Big Keith Lee to get a real feud going. Uh, I think Keith Lee versus Lars Sullivan uh, could be really good and a lot of fun uh on nxt tv um so let's let's see what's going there uh video recap shows ec3 implying that alistair black was attacked by lars sullivan uh then they show how lars sullivan took out ec3 three weeks ago uh sullivan's gonna be in action next week also next week otis dozovich of heavy machinery uh, versus the champ Ciampa, uh, Tommaso Ciampa next week. Uh, Ricochet is out first for him versus Pete Dunne. Makes sense. Uh, Pete Dunne is the longest reigning champ in all of WWE. Uh, so, you know, give him the respect of coming out last for the main event. Uh, crowd is with dueling chance of one and only bruiser weight. One and only bruiser weight. Um, this could be an amazing Intercontinental uh, Championship title feud or U.S. title feud on the main roster. Uh, funny commentary moment when Nigel asked uh, what Pete Dunne winning the North American title would do to you Yanks. And Morrow's just like, uh, I'm Canadian, bro. Uh, great chess match going on and both guys doing, uh, doing mat work. Um, Ricochet really showing out, uh, showing his his skill set here. Um, they're able to keep the crowd hot doing during all of this. Uh, Ricochet is just really impressive. Has legit mat skills in addition to being arguably the best high flyer in the game. Uh, Ricochet finally does pick up the pace. Uh, has this sick sequence. Does uh, sick head scissors takeover. Uh, then he does a dive to the outside. Um, Pete Dunn gets a hold of like a toe and the ankle. Um, big kick to the leg, crazy spot. Um, this match is just crazy. If you if you didn't get a chance to see it, go out of your way, go find it. If you have the WWE Network, go back and watch this. I'm might just go back and watch it again after I finish recording. Uh, it was that good. Um, Pete Dunn uh, just stomps, just basically stomps the shit out of 
uh, Ricochet's hand. It's crazy. Uh, dueling chance, fight forever, uh, and this is awesome. Um, Ricochet hits an insane top rope Frankensteiner, um, then a springboard by Ricochet, but he ends up getting caught in a triangle uh, by Pete Dunne. Ricochet lifts him up for a powerbomb, uh, then Dunne damn near breaks his fingers. Uh, Kimura lock by Pete Dunne, but then Ricochet deadlifts him up into a brain buster. Holy shit. Uh, and then the Undisputed Era comes running into the ring to attack both guys. DQ. Um, the War Raiders then hit the ring to chase off the Undisputed Era. Uh, both Pete Dunne and Ricochet are handed their belts um, and they stare each other down to end the show uh, the crowd is still cheering for him and chanting NXT uh, it was just an amazing match I feel it's a even though it didn't have a real finish uh, that has to be one of the best wrestled matches on any wrestling program, any wrestling television program, weekly television program uh, this year. One of the best, definitely. Um, but I know some people are going to kind of give it a ding because the lack of a finish, but I feel like the lack of a finish was perfect in this scenario. It's too early in Ricochet's title run for him to be losing. Uh, Pete Dunne can't really be losing either they're trying to keep the prestige of that uk championship and then nxt uk is going to be launching soon so what's it going to look like having their champ lose and then both titles were on the line also so you had to think that something weird or screwy was going to be up with the finish um i have a feeling that somehow all these guys are going to be involved in war games they're still beef between Dunn and the Undisputed Era, obviously beef between Ricochet and the Undisputed Era, um, the, and then War Machine want the tag titles, so, uh, you know, it is what it is, maybe Bobby Fish somehow is the one who attacked Aleister Black, and he joins, uh, the face side to make it five on five at War Games, but we'll see. Um, okay, so that's all of the uh, that's all of the shows this week. Uh, we're gonna jump into some quick hits, and then we're gonna wrap it all up. Okay, guys, a few quick hits. Um, first one we're gonna start with is Bobby Lashley. Uh, Bobby Lashley reportedly is a little bit frustrated, a little bit perturbed. Uh, with WWE, um, supposedly he was lured back to the company uh, with the promise of a match or a feud against Brock Lesnar, um, and then things changed, um, and Lesnar kept the belt after Mania, so, you know, just right off the bat, just kind of uh, right off the bat, kind of threw him off. Um, so if that's the case and that's true, that makes a lot of sense um, because he, since he's been there 
it just seems like he hasn't really had much to do outside of uh, that program with Roman uh, for a little bit, which was over number one contendership, which he ended up losing. Um, then it just seemed like they had him in that weird tag team with Strowman for a few weeks. Um, and then they, uh, and then the terrible feud that we're just going to try to forget with Sami Zayn. Um, so it's, you know, uh, it, it does kind of line up and that would make sense with his, just his weird booking that they were just, you know, pulling, pulling shit out of their ass after, um, after they changed plans with Lesnar, um, hopefully, you know, he, they, they can do right by him, uh, I feel Bobby Lashley was really doing well, uh, in Impact, and, uh, and was really shining, showing his improvements, and his skill as a performer, um, I really enjoyed when he had that angle where he was winning all the belts, uh, in Impact and and all that. So, um, hopefully, his WWE return uh, doesn't turn into a waste. Um, kind of sticking on sort of Impact news, uh, there was a whole lot of commotion. Uh, Impact had a meeting, a closed door meeting with, uh, with WWE. Uh, so Scott Demore and, um, Ed Nordholm came down to WWE offices and, and met with, with Triple H and team. Uh, there was a lot of speculation. Maybe it had something to do with the WWE World Cup, which we don't really have any, uh, any details on. Uh, but, a lot, there was a lot of speculation. Turns out that uh, this deal has something to do with TNA's tape library, and they're trying to get WWE, uh, you know, see if they could sell it to WWE or sell some of it to WWE, have WWE, uh, so WWE can have access uh, to the footage. Um, TNA is coming up on their contract with pop tv and uh if you if you haven't noticed over the past uh, few years when their tv deal is coming up uh tna has had some trouble or impacts had some trouble um so i don't know if this is uh them trying to get impact shown on uh the wwe network or um if they're just uh wwe's inquiring about getting more uh of their of their tape library so that they can uh make some more releases i could imagine uh with with matt hardy's uh retirement uh that there's going to be another matt hardy retrospective dvd and you're going to need tna footage for that uh especially once it comes to talking about broken matt um so i think there's a uh there's room for for TNA's um, shows to, or for the tape library. Um, if they're perhaps they could work together, uh, 
as like a like a feeder promotion, like a I don't know, like a like also kind of like an NXT. Um, I could I don't know, uh, but but uh, but we'll see. Uh, I guess we'll. It's probably something that we'll see uh, the results from the coming months. Um, more information will come out about it and just what they're trying to do. Um, another a quick hit uh, this past week. Um, more information hit about WWE 2K19, uh, the video game. In particular, uh, the My Career Mode. Uh, a trailer, a trailer hit, uh, hit the internet, and basically they were, um, if you guys remember a couple weeks ago, I was talking about, like, uh, you know, my career mode, what if you started off in the indies, uh, you know, you could pick, if you wanted to start off in the UK, then you could start in Progress or ICW or one of these, uh, and then work your way into NXT, well, Apparently, uh, somebody over at 2K listens to this podcast. No, I'm kidding. Um, but that was one thing that was really intriguing to me. This year, they actually they have career mode with voices, so it's actually voice acted, and looks like it's uh, kind of like the road to WrestleMania stories, um, where you have like a a long storyline. Uh, that you play through and then get into the rest of career mode, I guess. Or kind of like a NBA 2K, where like you start off and you have basically like like actual storyline that you're playing through. Uh, once you finish the storyline, then you're still playing games and there's still cutscenes here and there, uh, but it's not, you know, now, now you're just an NBA guy. Uh, so I'd, I'd get the feeling that maybe that's what's going on um with with uh with career mode this year um but but you actually you do start off in the uh you start off in the indies as like a broke uh indie wrestler living out of your van uh wrestling for fictional bcw so uh this is all this is really interesting to me personally um and it's kind of something that I've wanted uh, from the WWE 2K career mode for a while, so um, so yeah, my dream game is being able to be a wrestler, uh, and you just you're just like in a wrestling universe. So you start off in the Indies, can work your way up to uh, the top promotions, and then you can become a free agent and start bidding war of yourself and sign with other promotions, but. I don't I don't know how they would make that game. They need they need to though. Uh in a game where you, or you could either be the wrestler and work it that way or you can be the promoter and run a promotion and sign wrestlers and and work to get your ratings up and make your promotion bigger and it should have the uh the the graphics of like 2K and of course you can play all the matches of your shows. Um somebody if you if you hear that idea and you got the money, um, put it into action for me, but just give me credit and 10 to 20% of royalties forever. Um, okay. Uh, last thing before we wrap it up, uh, I'm just going to do a little rant 
on the we want talent hashtag that kind of popped up uh, a lot of fans were online and they were kind of down in certain types of female wrestlers uh really going against i guess the uh quote-unquote diva types uh saw a lot of hate directed towards the bellas uh a lot of hate directed towards um you know wrestlers like Liv morgan wrestlers like uh mandy rose wrestlers who don't necessarily fit uh the template of like coming up on the indies and really high work rate um kind of attacking the wrestlers who uh i guess they feel would rely more on looks uh you know i saw a lot of attacks towards uh the iconics uh carmella and then also some attacks uh, about the uh the the legends uh veterans coming back for um evolution now i understand somewhat the uh the trepidation and the uh the the reluctancy the feelings about having old timers come back or having uh i don't want to say old timers but having uh superstars of the past come back i i can understand that uh because we have the same thing on the male side but um if there was ever a time to give a pass i feel it would be now with the women um wwe has never put on an all women's pay-per-view um there hasn't been anything like this and a lot of these women worked through their entire WWE careers hoping uh, for something to happen like a women's revolution. So now that it's happening, if they can still go, then by all means, they deserve uh, to, to, to be a part of it somehow if they can. If they can. Um, even if it's, you know, a battle royal, some like Trish Stratus, uh, there's no way that Trish Stratus doesn't even just because of what she did for the division, she should be involved. Um, I would have put, I would have just run Trish versus Mickey James uh, and have a women's version of the the big old timer dream match, like uh, like how we're doing Triple H versus. Um, Triple H versus Taker uh, at Super Showdown. Like, I would have, I'd, you know, just put, just give us Trish and Mickey one more time. Or you could even do a triple threat Trish, Mickey, and Lita. Uh, three of the, three of the most influential uh, WWE women's wrestlers in a triple threat. Uh, I feel like that could have been a, that could have been a big draw. Uh, like a semi-main event, and then, you know, put Ronda versus somebody. Uh, So there's, but, uh, so there's, so there's that part of it. I understand that criticism, um, but I feel like we can kind of relax a little bit. Uh, 
the women haven't had a chance to do this, you know. So this is the first one, so I can understand bringing bringing in some uh, old old names and stuff just to kind of sell the pay per view a little bit more. Uh, but uh, you know, it's the first it's the first one, so I so I say we can let that slide. Um, the other part of that we want talent hashtag that I'm kind of going to rant on a little bit. Um, it's like they're saying we want talent, uh, like implying that uh, people like the Bellas and Liv and others aren't talented. Um, just specifically singling out the Bellas here. Uh, I know personally of female friends of mine who um, weren't wrestling fans and they knew I was a wrestling fan, so uh, they went out of their way to let me know that they watched Total Divas and that they had gotten hooked on the show. Uh, and most of these people were fans of the Bellas uh, from Total Divas. And uh, on more than one occasion, uh, people told me that getting into Total Divas and watching the Bellas uh, made them want to tune into wrestling. Uh and they started tuning in the wrestling, watching the Bellas, and then when the Bellas went away, they found other wrestlers to get into. But and and now uh, some of them they still consistently watch Raw and SmackDown. Um, so they the these people they the Bellas do draw in fans. Uh, the the Bellas do serve a purpose uh, for business beyond just the reality show. The Bellas are a draw. Um, there are some people who don't care about Ruby Riot's in-ring work and her pedigree of coming up on the indies. But they can identify and relate to Brie uh being a mom but still wanting to pursue a career they can relate to Nikki and her heartbreak with John Cena and that she's still pushing and fighting through this neck injury to do what she wants to do and they see them as strong independent women and they like that and that's what they want to see they you know and they they see their wrestling characters as reflections of that and so so they rock with it um just because their ring work may not be the same as some of these other folks like you know people that we watched in in the attitude era like the rock is uh one of my favorite wrestlers of all time but i would never compare the rock and uh you know chris benoit's uh I would just never compare them, period. But uh, but as far as, like, ring work, you know? Like, one's here and one's there. Yeah, I should have used somebody else besides Chris Benoit. Let's go with Jericho. You know what I mean? So, like, Jericho or Eddie Guerrero. Uh, but more casual fans would be like, oh, yeah, The Rock was the man. You know? So, every... Everybody has their everybody has their space. Everybody has their place. Uh, 
and another thing too that you know people are talking about talent uh these these women whether you like them or not they are all on the road together uh, especially the ones who are full-time i can understand the arguments about part-timers but that's the same with the guys um the ones who are on the road full-time like Liv morgan is out here just working just as many dates as oscar you know and uh they're both on the road and they're both taking bumps and they're both sacrificing their bodies for our entertainment um so you should if you're a fan if you're a true fan then respect it um they don't have to be your favorite uh but respect the the work that they put in and and don't start stupid hashtags like this uh trying to trying to take down wrestlers and because you know they at the end of the day they they see this too and they're still real people and like at the end of the day they are doing this for our entertainment um so you know you don't have to like everything that people do you don't have to like every single wrestler but i just um this this hashtag some of the stuff that was going on and it was just a little bit much um so yeah i think that's that's basically it we're here uh that was this week's episode i hope you guys enjoy it um we're all over the place uh if you're listening to this on uh apple Podcasts, uh subscribe uh give us a rating preferably five stars uh if you're on anchor then favorite this uh share it and uh follow me on twitter at champ podcast follow me on instagram same thing at champ podcast uh it's your man qualified thank you very much for listening i'll see you next week